We all need the Spirit of Christ always, but it seems especially now in this season of Lent, in this season of profound change, in how we look at ourselves, our health, the health of our community, the health of our nation, and how we live in need of the Spirit of Christ. This season of Lent, we've been addressing what in our life calls for transformation through our relationship with Jesus. The dictionary addresses transformation as a process of profound and radical change that orients us in a new direction and takes us to an entirely different level of effectiveness in living our lives. Spiritual transformation has been described as a change in the meaning that a person holds as a basis for self-definition, or how we interpret life and how we understand what our purpose is in this life. Time and again, the gospel writers describe crowds of people eager to see and meet Jesus. They come for a variety of reasons. Some are merely curious, and others long for some part of themselves, body or spirit, to be healed. Many are drawn to his preaching. What they discover is that they receive more than what they came for. The curious are invited to come closer. Those with physical ailments have their faith strengthened. The ones hoping to lessen inner woundedness hear affirmation for their courage. And some listeners are so inspired that they leave all and pledge their lives to his path. In today's lesson of the woman at the well, we hear how one conversation transformed a woman and then a whole community. What will it be like for you this Lent? What and whom will you seek? Hear now as we read our gospel lesson from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. Jesus had to go through Samaria, so he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. 
Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then, his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything that I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to him, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then the harvest comes? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this truly is the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Three words, three little words, three words that can mean so much can make or break a relationship. Three words. Can we talk? Many of you might remember the comedian Joan Rivers using that as her catchphrase, Can we talk? Can we talk today is the name of the podcast of a Jewish woman's archive group 
And it's also the title of articles from the New York Times, Can We Talk? I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? Conversations above the is it raining level requires some effort. Today's gospel tells us about Jesus, about conversations, about faithful actions. Jesus' words, give me a drink, are four little words that change life as we know it. Jesus and the disciples come to the Samaritan city of Sychar. Jews did not regularly go through Samaria. Jews and Samaritans did not like and did not respect each other. They didn't agree on matters of faith, worship, law, and the prophets. They were happy judging each other and keeping distance from each other. Most Jews would spend an extra day on the journey to avoid setting foot in Samaria. And Samaritans, by the way, returned the feelings. The writers of the Gospel of John through Jesus make a religious point. The point being that the Gospel will go to everyone and everywhere, no exceptions. The other background is that Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, and father of the men whose names will grace all the tribes of Israel, Jacob, who wrestled with the angel of God and becomes Israel, that Jacob dug a well at Sychar. Jacob is the common ancestor of both the Jews and the Samaritans. And just like two siblings arguing about inheritance after their parents' death, Ownership and use of the well is a topic of disagreement. The Samaritans have it, and the Jews don't. And now we have the woman at the well. The woman is a Samaritan. Jesus is a Jew. In society's eyes, they are enemies. And yet, they talk. Conversation must move past conflict if it is to yield anything worthwhile. Jesus models for us a way to do that. Jesus accepts the woman's humanity. Jesus shows us a first step in breaking down our self-imposed barriers. Culture and religion say that Jesus and a Samaritan, that Jesus and a woman must not have a conversation. But Jesus acts differently. Jesus acts as if he and the woman have a mutual ground between them. There is mutual acceptance. There is mutual regard. Jesus speaks first. Jesus risks what culture teaches. Jesus says, this woman matters. In this recorded scene of Jesus and the woman at the well, we see the longest recorded dialogue that Jesus has with anyone. We see how Jesus' conversation transforms the woman li woman's life and our life. Grace always acts first. God always takes the first step. And Jesus always makes himself vulnerable. To model your life with other people on Jesus' life with you means to be willing to take the first step in reconciliation. To model your life with other people on Jesus' life with you is to make yourself vulnerable even when you have every reason to expect that your gift will be rejected. To be honest, 
conversations must have mutual vulnerability. The woman at the well responds to Jesus' words for a drink with a question of her own. She keeps the conversation going with, why are you talking to me? If we want to talk with someone, we can't be put off by questions. We must drop our defensiveness. The woman asks why a Jew would even speak to her. Does the woman think that a Jew will speak to her only to be mean? Is he going to say something nasty to her? Is she reflecting the generation's long conflict between the groups when she asks that question of Jesus? Is her question a way to end the conversation before it gets off the ground? This is not a situation only for long ago and far away. I doubt that no one here has not heard someone remark, well, she only said that because she's really from the North, or because he's a UT grad, or a Democrat, or a Republican, or on and on. We find it easy, don't we, to categorize someone in a category based on assumptions we make, and we know what we do when we make assumptions. How is that, that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? There, she said it. She put it out in the open. But Jesus has not stopped. If you think about it, we have a lot in common with the Samaritan woman. There's an outsider inside all of us. We are not what we should be and not what we wish we were. We did something years ago that we have never been able to forget. We hurt someone in an inexcusable way. We have scars that are hard to miss and scars so deep we think we are the only ones who know about them. We're not who people think we are. When Jesus first speaks to the woman, she assumes he does not know who she is. But Jesus knows her very well, and he loves her just the same. And God knows who we are, knows all about our dark corners, and loves us anyway. It's hard for us to believe, but because of God's grace, our secrets lose their power over us. They don't have to dictate how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, or the actions that we take. Jesus is about the good news of God's grace. Jesus addresses the hard issues of life head on. This is a time when marriage is something that is mostly done to women. After being married, this woman of Samaria could only be unmarried if her husband divorced her or if he died. And he could divorce her for a number of reasons. He didn't like how she cooked the dinner, or she didn't like how she set up the house, or how she was dressed. This woman, however, has had five husbands. She is with another man now who is not her husband. And the woman at the well and Jesus are talking in the open and in the light of the noontime sun. It is the sixth hour. Jesus is thirsty, and he asks for water. I realized this past week, as I reflected on this scripture, and as I wrote this sermon three different times, <laughs> I realized that there will come another noonday 
when Jesus is thirsty. On another day, Jesus will ask for water around noon in the full glare of sunlight. He will ask for a drink then, and the response will come from frightened men, not from the Samaritan woman. The response will come from those afraid of the grace that has been unleashed by Jesus. And then the ones gathered around Jesus are scared that their control is shaken and failing. And there will be water then, along with blood from the spear's wound caused by the soldier. The frightened men will see their grip on grace loosen as new water of God's new creation begins to wash away all the corrupt controls that plague the world. But that is then. For now, we see the source of the new water, the everlasting life. Jesus and this woman of Samaria talk as equals. There is grace present, there is acceptance, there is love. The Bible doesn't record Jesus having conversations this long with other people, and that is why we can say that he speaks with her as an equal. Jesus is interested in everybody. And because of Jesus freely talking with her, this woman is interested in Jesus. She wants the water that will stay with her. She wants knowledge of the future. She wants to know what worship is worthy of God. And they talk openly, freely. So much so that when the disciples return with food, Jesus is no longer hungry. He says to his disciples, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. A true conversation that is honest and open is fulfilling. Jesus and the woman at the well were fully present with each other. If you want to model your life on Jesus' life, that is what you, that is what I need to aim for. If we believe in mutuality with another person, we will want to understand what he or she has to say, not simply on the surface, but the truth underneath. Conversations modeled on Jesus will accept questions and will deal with the conflict that naturally occurs between humans. The questions we ask will be honest, and they won't be traps to trick the other person. Conversations modeled after Jesus' life will have the genuine interest in another. And conversations with Jesus often take unexpected turns. There will be grace before law. There will be love before legislation. There will be acceptance before judgment. We see this with the woman at the well with Jesus. Jesus asks for water, and then he winds up giving her the water of eternal life. The woman of Samaria is the first person John records receiving the water of eternal life. This enemy, this outsider, this friend. She and Jesus talk, and she experiences acceptance and being truly seen, and her life is transformed. Beloved, what in your life do you need Christ to transform? She receives a gift, 
and she shares it with the people she knows. She does the will of Jesus by sharing with others this gift of everlasting life. She is perhaps the first evangelist because she talked with Jesus. The barriers of class and country, status and station were broken down. Can we talk? Give me a drink. If we're to talk and share the life-giving water of Jesus, we must be honest and open, honestly interested, willing to listen without waiting to react. We have to offer and receive the gift of new water, washing away all that separates us. There is nothing wrong with acting out the old gospel song, don't know the tune, but sit down and have a little talk with Jesus. But be careful. Such an open, honest, genuine conversation with him might just change your life. It might save your life and your soul along with it. And so this season in Lent, we are following Jesus, our teacher and our friend, the one who is transforming our lives if we open our heart to him. We're going to go deeply into ourselves dying to our former way of seeing, feeling, thinking, acting, in order to discover ourselves being reborn into a new way of seeing, feeling, thinking, and acting. Jesus invites us deeper and deeper into himself as the living way. There it is. Will you take a step with Jesus and respond when he asks, can we talk? Let us pray. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this day, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen.